0: Asterholics, welcome to another episode of Ad Aster. Today, we'll be interviewing Rhiannon McGavin, nationally acclaimed spoken word poet and author. She'll be sharing her journey about spoken word, advice for writers, and a few fun surprise questions. Before we start, let's go around and introduce ourselves. You can say your name, where you're from, and a song you've listened to this week.
1: Oh, hi everyone. I'm Zoe. I've never been on this podcast before, actually, but I'm from Utah, and a song that I've listened to this past week is Honesty by Pink Sweats.
2: Um, hey guys, I'm Hesunbay. You've probably seen me in a few of the other episodes before, but I'm from Sri Lanka. And uh, a song I've listened to this week is "Capsized" by Friendship and Emily Warren. Um, I I was listening to one of those like throwback playlists, and I just like caught one of it, and I haven't stopped listening to it since.
0: Hey everyone, my name is Liz. I've also been on the podcast a few times, um, and Song I've listened to this week is like the entirety of like Evermore and like Taylor Swift albums like not to like sponsor anyone but like go listen to Taylor Swift.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh fantastic. Um, hi, I'm Rhiannon. I'm from Los Angeles and uh, every week I get a different Phoebe Bridger song stuck in my head and this week it's Chinese satellite. Um, so that's what that's what I've been humming.
0: I should write all these songs down and add them to my playlist.
3: Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't heard of the Pink Sweats or of Capsize. Um, but I also have like the most uh, loser music taste that my friends constantly drag me for. Um, so <laughs> I I hope that you guys can make me cool by showing me uh, new
0: musicians. <laughs> so speaking of music and like performance. What inspired you to pursue spoken word poetry and or written poetry?
3: Yeah, so uh, we, we were talking a little bit before um, I think we started recording. But I grew up doing Shakespeare. Um, I w- joined this kids Shakespeare group uh, when I was seven or eight, um, and I did it every year uh, until I was about fourteen. You know, I played Lady Macbeth uh, when I was in the third grade, and it was you know just the best experience, dressing up in a white nightgown and being covered in blood, and you know screaming on stage. Um, And I always really loved uh, performing. I loved memorizing those giant chunks of text uh, and then like feeling them move through my body, you know? Um, So I always, I always loved that. The real Hollywood kid. Um, and then I was also always one of those kids who, you know, I'm sure the, the three of you can relate, um, and I'm sure many of your listeners did this as well, where, you know, when you were a toddler, you were just making little books out of construction paper. Um, and maybe when you were six, you you were like, I'm going to write a novel. And then you got bored after the first two pages. Um, but like you were you were always just like a little kid who was writing uh, in, in some some way or another. Uh, you always took great pride in like your English paper assignments. Um, So I think I started seriously, serious, seriously, finger quotes, um, writing uh, like when I was like 12 or 13. And it was because I had like a huge crush on a boy uh, in my Shakespeare group. Um, And I was like, the only way I will get him to notice me is if I write really good poems, Uh, obviously, because that's what you know older boys like um so it didn't work out, obviously because I'm still writing, um, but some other cool things have happened, so it it it's okay.
1: I guess our next question then is for young people who want to get into spoken word poetry, how do you overcome that sort of like stage fright and like fear of failure that comes before like performing
3: um. Yeah, stage fright. Stage fright can be you know, very frightening, right? Uh, but I think the best thing to do is just lots of vocal warm-ups you know like we were we were doing a little bit before <laughs> before this and just really making sure that you know your your body's an instrument your voice is an instrument um and you have to keep it in tune uh and you have to keep it warm and fluid um it's really it's really important i think practicing poems in front of a mirror is also really fun because you know you get to like fall in love with yourself a little bit and see how cool you look while you're saying your poem and like all of the little hand movements that you can build in um um, and yeah, just, just incorporating aspects, um, of acting and theater into, you know, your, your spoken word performance, I think is really important, um, for lots of reasons. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel so bad for you guys because you're, you're teenagers and you're stuck inside, uh, right now during quarantine, like if things were normal, I would tell you to go to an open mic or join a slam team, you know, and get yourself to brave new voices. Um, And I'm so sorry that's not, you know, happening (laughs) last year and probably for the next two years. Um, But, uh, you know, there's still lots of, like, great virtual open mics. I don't know. I, oh, my gosh, like, the best thing that I could do uh you know as as a 15 year old 16 year old was just like taking the bus down to um the poetry lounge which is the longest running open mic in los angeles um and it would just be packed every tuesday night at like you know tiny theater you'd have people like sitting on the stage um and you know the point is is that you go there to fail right you go there to see uh, how your material plays with an audience. That's not just your friends. It's not just your reflection in the mirror. Um, you know, to see like what gets snaps and what gets a laugh, um, and, and all that stuff. And it's so it's you, um, I'm going to be really corny and quote, uh, Samuel Beckett, but you, you, you fail again and then you fail better. Like failure is part of the process. You know, if you're, if you're nervous, uh, before you go on stage, that means you care. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, there, there have been readings where I wasn't nervous, uh, to do it and it's because I didn't care about um, the performance or the location where I was. Uh, and those those readings were not as good as the ones where I was really, really nervous and thought I was gonna have an aneurysm. So um, it's important, stage fright's important. You gotta, you gotta work through it, you gotta use it.
2: Our next question is something leading on from that. So how do you balance writing for yourself and competitions and publications? Do you think there's a distinction between those? Uh, yeah.
3: Um just speaking for myself, I only write for myself. I only write, you know, for my people, uh for my community. Like I feel a great responsibility to um my friends and my family and the people who read my work and the kind of like uh literary tradition I feel I'm inheriting. Uh, but in terms of like magazines or contests or publications, like I lit- I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, uh, when I was 18, 19 and first starting to take university workshops, um, cause I, I, I really came up in the slam world. Right. Um, I was, I was on slam teams, um, was doing spoken word throughout high school. Um, and that's where I really feel like I uh, just, just where my training and poetry really comes from. Um, and it is training, like it is rigorous, uh, slam and spoken word has this um connotation uh that's that's you know really quite prejudiced. Um I won't I won't dig into it too much right now. But you know it has this it has this connotation of like, oh you're you're not even writing stuff down. Uh like you're just you're just saying words. Like it's assuming that it's not um as rigorous as you know learning how to write a sonnet when really there's as many formal restraints, there's as many techniques, there's as many tactics um as with any kind of poetry. So when I was first getting into uh, university workshops, um, I went to UCLA, I was really concerned about fitting in with kind of like the academic kids. Right. Um, You know, the like the people who'd gone to like creative writing schools and, you know, these like uh, wild summer camps, you know, and all of all of that stuff, like all the Uh, there's so many, um, youth writing programs, right. That I didn't even know about when I was actually eligible for them. Um, And it was very, it was very intimidating to me because like I would read, um, you know, the popular kind of lit mags online and be like, well, my writing sounds, you know, nothing like that. And I don't even understand what this poem is saying. Um, So clearly the problem is with me, uh, you know, the fact that the poem is actually really pretentious um, and has like an inaccessible syntax. Obviously it must be my fault that I'm not following, right? Um, So I tried to make my poems, you know, I tried to imitate that voice um, for like my first couple workshops, and then I just stopped because it got really boring. I don't know. Um, I think if you, sorry, this is a really long winded answer, but um, you have to write for yourself, and then all of the publications and all of the contests and prizes and stuff like that, that has to be incidental to it, right? Because you can either you know, write for those institutions, right? And try to mimic that voice that you see is successful in that institution. Um, And, you know, you will be rewarded for it, right? Um, But unless that's actually, you know, what your own authentic voice is, you know, you're always going to feel dissatisfied, right? Because like, uh, what, what I really wanted to be doing was like writing sonnets about birth control. Um, but that was different than what I was seeing get rewarded, you know, poems about like, you know, just like vague Greek myths and birds, right. Like that kind of like thing where it's all, it's all very like staring out the window type. Um, sorry, I don't want to be mean. Um, but like, because, uh, I personally, am just writing for myself and the people that I feel responsible for. Um, if anything, you know, if, if any of those poems do get rewarded by the kinds of traditional institutions, um, that's nice. And it also just like reinforces my own work. Does that make sense? You know, where it's like uh, I, I'm honing my skills in this direction um, as opposed to another direction, because that's what I actually want to be doing. Sorry, this, uh, <laughs> does this make sense? <laughs>
2: it absolutely does yeah okay (laughs) thank
3: you but yeah um no just just write for yourself because also i mean like look like um I know it's, it, we talk a lot about how poetry changes lives and how important an arts education is. Right. But like, we're not medical students. Um, you know, we, we are doing this for fun and because we like it, you know, to a certain point. And I think that staying true to your own voice and writing what you actually authentically like, um, is really good. Cause like we, you know, I don't have to be writing poems. You know, no one's like, there are so many things in life that I have to do. Like I have to write emails. I don't have to write po- poems. Um, so when I am writing poems, I want them to be poems that I actually like and want to read. Um, so I think that's, yeah,
0: <laughs> it has
3: to be fun. Why shouldn't it be fun? You know, this this is like, like lean into the unnecessary nature of it.
0: <laughs> I love that perspective so much. Um, yeah, writing is about joy, like, at its center. And I feel like that's all, like, something we've struggled with, um, especially in the teen writing community. And then just, like, yeah. being, like, Astrolit, like, it's just been, it's so nice to have, like, a writing community that, like, focuses more on, like, um, encouraging you to, like, be, like, open and emotionally vulnerable and, like, write, like, do something, like, exciting with your writing. And yeah. um, I feel, yeah, those bird poems and those, like, Greek myth po- like, that's, like... Um, it's definitely there. Um, So this is kind of like, I I guess this is kind of um, related, um, kind of not, but what's a question you wish people would ask you? And that doesn't have to be about writing. It can be about like anything you want.
3: Oh gosh. Um, Well, I, uh, I wish that people, I don't know. I love talking about emotional protection as a writer because I feel like I was so... Just swimming in the dark um, as a teenager, and you know, as in my first years of college, um, and just learning how, you know, to to write authentically without hurting myself or exposing myself, um, like just just maintaining like the right balance of vulnerability. Um, so I, uh, you know, because because uh, poetry has elements, right, of fiction and nonfiction but it it's not either right so you can kind of steal from both of them like uh with fiction you assume it's all completely made up with nonfiction you assume it's all completely the truth um but with poetry you you have a lot of wiggle room um and i would really encourage uh young writers to you know you you don't have to tell the truth right but you do have to be honest you know um like there's so many uh like in in the book that I'm working on um right now you know I I I do think of myself as a personal writer but I also don't want anybody to know anything about me um it's a real it's a real uh dialectic that I'm working with (laughs) uh it's a real struggle um so a lot of the poems in the book you know didn't like quote unquote, happen in real life. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, there's like elements of, uh, you know, in, in this one poem about a breakup, right? There's elements of like two different relationships and also something that happened at a job three years ago. Um, and it's all combined into this. And I'm making the choice to include and heighten details that work best for the poem um, not necessarily to most factually represent my own experience. Right. And I think, you know, I'm, it's a composite, uh, of, of different things, you know, intending to portray like a certain scene, a certain emotion, a certain image, as opposed to just being like, and on January 7th, this thing happened to me exactly as this, you know, because it's not a memoir. It's not a memoir. You know, you, you don't have that same, um, you you have different responsibilities. Um, and I would really encourage, uh, young writers to think about what's best for the poem and i think that that makes it more fun and it also um gives you a little bit more distance Between the poem and your own personal experience, um, which helps with editing a lot, right? Because if I'm just bringing my diary entries into workshop, um, I'm going to freak out as soon as somebody critiques them, uh, which has happened before uh, that I'm seeking from experience. Um, So if I'm bringing a composite, you know, then it's okay if somebody's like, well, this, you know, the fact that, uh, I don't know, you're talking about persimmon trees here doesn't really make sense, right? It it doesn't feel like a mortal wound. so that would that's that's my spiel
2: (laughs) yeah i really get that because most of my poems i try to like incorporate like my personal experiences in it but also like not really
3: yeah no you can lie this is what this is what i'm talking about in terms of like bringing elements of like theater and acting into into your Mm -hmm. writing right um like i remember uh you know so often when i was doing slam spoken word you know when i was on slam team at brave new voices right you would see uh kids just um destroy themselves for the sake of a poem right you know if if they're if they have a poem about like a very hurtful topic you know if they're talking about trauma you know they they have to bring themselves to like that exact moment of pain in order to get a good performance out of themselves right um and you know i remember um there's a really wonderful uh poet who i i had the great fortune of you know kind of growing up and going to his readings out here um jeremy Raiden, uh who wrote dear sal which is a fantastic book that i really recommend um but uh he you know he's an actor and he's also a poet right so when he uh does w- when he's reading poems when he's teaching teenagers about uh poetry and performance and all that stuff you know he always stresses the elements of theater and performance and like you're allowed to incorporate those into this. You don't have to have a panic attack every time you do a poem, right? Just to get yourself there just to get like the 10. Um and I think that's really important and the same thing stands for, you know, if if when when you're just writing it, when you're at the stage of conception. Um you know, you can it it just I don't know, to me it makes uh for for a more pleasant
0: writing experience.
2: <laughs> Definitely, yeah how do you keep writing cons- consistently? Do you have a habit in place to keep writing and avoid writer's block? And like, do you like sustain and finish your pieces in a timely way? I think most of yeah. us can relate. <laughs> like having writer's block.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So for writer's block, um, I think it's a misnomer because I think at least for myself, uh, a lot of the problem isn't that like, you know i the problem isn't that i can't find the words to describe something it's that i haven't thought long enough about what i'm writing about right like the root idea the root concept isn't polished enough yet um so that just that just means you have to think more about it you know you you i i read books i watch movies you know that feel adjacent related to um the the thing that i'm thinking through um i listen to music I go on like really long walks without my phone where I'm just like which sounds such um like a zoo it's so embarrassing that like going on a walk without my phone feels like a big deal um (laughs) but you know that's just how we're living um yeah you you have to make room in your life for yourself to think and feel uh and kind of work through the emotional and intellectual spaces in order to actually like figure out what you're trying to say in the first place right and then from there you can figure out how you're trying to say it but that's I don't know is, is more of a thinker's block for me um in terms of a writing habit I my routine has changed so much in the last year um I like don't even want to talk about what my routine was uh before <laughs> quarantine because I like do not remember um but I try to write as early in the morning as possible, which for me uh, means like 10 or 11, um, cause I'm really slow at getting out of bed and getting moving, um, you know, just in the last year. Uh, and then I, yeah, I just kind of sit and write for a long time. I didn't used to listen to music while I was writing um, because I'd be in like cafes or on the bus or like a public place where there was already, you know, chatter going on. Um, but I miss the chatter right now and I need something to drown out my family and neighbors. Um, So I have been listening to more music while I write. Um, I'll like put an album on and then when the album's done, I'll get up and stretch. Um, I think exercise is really important to my own writing routine because writing is such a, uh, stationary, uh, thinky thing to do, um, that you need, I need to work out the rest of my body. My only fitness goal is to like counteract all the damage that I do by hunching over my desk. Um, so I'll do, I used to really like swimming (laughs) at the end of the day, but like, I can't go swimming in a public pool anymore. Um, so I'll do yoga or, um, I've gotten into like the pop sugar fitness videos. They're like, they make me feel so, um, <laughs> they make me feel very silly, but I also love them just like bouncing around with like, uh, like the, the fitness girls who are like so cheerful. They're scary. Um, it's a very different mode of femininity, uh, than I'm used to. Um, but yeah, I think, I think exercise and walks and fresh air are very, important to my writing process i do i write um with a pen and paper uh which is i think the most important thing just for myself um because a few years ago i wanted to minimize the amount of time that i'm looking at my computer um because i'm already on my computer for work um and i feel like my eyes are going to burn out of my skull by the time i'm 30 um so writing with pen and paper is really important to me and it also it forces me to go slower and think slower um and you I can see like the drafts evolve in a way that I can't if I'm just typing in a Google doc. Um, And I really just just for myself, like there's a there's a huge leap in quality from when I was just writing on my computer, just writing on my phone versus, you know, drafting it out in a journal, drafting it out again. Um, I would show you what my drafts look like, but that binder's in another room. Um, But they they look they're completely unintelligible you know, to anyone but me, it's a very, uh, strong cryptography <laughs> security <laughs> device that no one can read my handwriting. Um, so, you know, you write that out, I write that out, I write that out. And then, uh, when I have like, what seems to be like a finished draft, I'll type it up and in, in, like the notes on my phone. And then I look at it in just like, um, I don't know, I think, uh, I, I hold off putting it in like the fancy Google Doc with the white bike background and a nice font, like as long as possible. Um, because if I do that too early, I won't be able to find the mistakes in it and like areas to improve because I'm like, well, it already looks so polished. It's perfect. Um, just seeing it in my own handwriting and then seeing it in like the notes app. And then finally, you know, when I have like an idea of what the spacing is going to be, I'll put it in um, the Google Doc. I've been writing for projects mostly in like the last three or four years um so I I don't have like a lot of loose poems going around so like once it gets into the google doc sorry this is a really long-winded explanation but like once it gets into the google doc it usually goes into like the specific project folder um so I don't know it it feels different than just writing like loose single poems I have no idea what I'm going to do with myself once I turn this book in um it has been Uh, sustaining me throughout quarantine and I'm going to have a giant crisis in like three weeks it's really exciting (laughs) that was very long
1: no no worries at all that was a great answer I guess speaking about publishing like your book and such, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are definitely interested in like publishing their own writing. So I guess the question is, how was your experience publishing your books? And do you have any tips or advice for people who want to publish in like a similar method to the way you did?
3: Yeah, I think um, the most the, the best thing that I was doing as a teenager in terms of just publishing my own writing um, was just making my own little zines and chapbooks and um, and it was so fun it was so fun first of all you know just having like a physical copy of your writing and like maybe some little illustrations if you're feeling ex- extra artsy um but just doing that and learning how you know chapbooks are put together and like being at the photocopy at staples for a few hours while i'm printing copies you know all of that was so fun and it gave me like a different um the, you know it was it's a physical experience of the work um in a different way. And I think that like, I really I really do admire what uh, you guys at ASTRO are doing. Um, Cause I think that that kind of collective collaborative uh, creative writing space, like what you're doing right here is so much more important than submitting to magazines and, you know, applying for these prizes. Um, as young writers, you, you want friends, you want like a workshop group, you want, um, that generous collaborative space to share your work um and i would really encourage anybody uh you know who who's in high school who's in college um to not worry so much about like when am i going to get a book deal when am i going to get published when am i going to you know win a big prize when am i going to be in the new yorker right like that kind of don't worry about it don't worry about it like there's no there's no reason um just just worry about like finding friends and uh finding books that you like to read and just like finding the places that feel productive and happy for you um within your own writing process like all of the other like publication stuff uh can come eventually but you know at at the start of things you're you're growing you're learning and that's it's so much nicer (laughs) that's
1: so comforting
3: yeah no I love I love like you guys all met at the Iowa program right yeah. And then you, you know, instead of like continuing to compete against each other, um, you've decided to to create a collaborative space where like just just the fact of you sharing your writing with each other um, will make your own writing better and it'll make your editing skills better. And I think that's so that's so fantastic. Um, I really I really I, I love to see it. Now, I don't want to sound like an auntie too much, but it
0: makes me so happy.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God you're, you're so right, Rhiannon. (laughs) like, friends and, and books, like, and food, those are, like, my top three, like, um, I guess, like, things that make me happy, but, yeah, I, I agree that, um, we actually didn't, um, talk about competitions at all, like, while we were in BTL, because, like, it was international, and, um, for some reason, like, I feel like the, um like the te- like the toxic teen writing community is mostly like centralized like in North America. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And it was like really like refreshing to not have that like competition vibe like we were just writing cuz we were enjoying
2: yeah.
0: it. And um speaking of writing communities, Young Arts has also been a really great writing community and I think like one um thing that like really sets it apart is the more, more of the focus on the workshopping and the meeting people yeah. and witnessing like the impact of your work as opposed to like um, a certificate or like um, a gold medal. yeah, and so I was wondering, like since you since you're um a young arts finalist in like spoken word, how did it shape your journey as an artist? and what was your favorite part um, about being in young arts?
3: Yeah, young arts was so fantastic. Um, oh man. and I mean this is you know this is for me, um, the older I get, the sadder I am uh, that I was encouraged towards these creative writing contests so much as opposed to a more collaborative, you know, generous um, writing space with my own peers, you know, that I was encouraged to like, Try to be the best in a room as opposed to just being in the room and talking to people. Um, But uh, so, you know, for me, the kind of sad thing about young arts is that like that kind of arts education isn't automatically available to every student uh, who wants it, you know, that said like it was a really amazing program and it also came at like a really uh important time in my own life when i was like a senior in high school and i was so uh sad <laughs> and upset all the time and i had like no friends at my school and then i went to young arts and uh just just to be surrounded by people who um cared about kind of the same things as me and you know had their own skills and talents um, it was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I remember uh, I felt like drunk at one point just because people were actually laughing at my jokes. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, my favorite part about Young Arts was really seeing the other kids from other disciplines, like all of the dancers um, and the vocalists and the filmmakers, uh, you know, just just so incredible um, to see people strive so hard in their own directions um that was that was my favorite thing and just finding like all the little interconnections between you know poetry and film or visual art and dancing like that that was that made me so happy to this day uh like most of my young arts friends are like from like the the
1: other disciplines um I love it I love it (laughs) I guess moving on to I kind of, this is kind of like the fun section of our questions, though <laughs> so who knows? Maybe they'll go in a deep direction. Depth always comes at unexpected moments. But oh, great. <laughs> the first question is what's a book or a poem that you would bring to a desert island? Ooh, I'm gonna be really
3: annoying and say the collected works of Shakespeare. Uh and I think that would that would keep me occupied for a while. And I would also bring like a cookbook, um, like a really big cookbook and hopefully one that is suited to a tropical climate because I feel like that's you know kind of the material I'd be working with there um but I love I love cookbooks uh I really love cooking um and ooh, okay this is a good thing for writer's block actually um if you are stuck on something and you feel like I don't know your your brain is all dry and gray and buzzed out um reading cookbooks reading food writing or reading like reviews of different perfumes always jogs me up because all of that writing is like so descriptive and so sensual and so like detailed and specific um you know even though like on the surface it has nothing to do with you know poetry or whatever um just the way that like i don't know alice b talkless describes making omelets uh or like how you know, people describe like the different notes of a perfume revealing themselves over the hours, like that that kind of like heavy description. Um,
1: I love. I'd never really thought about that. So that's really interesting. I'm going to have to go read some cookbooks and perfume descriptions now. Yes,
3: it's also great because learning how to cook is really important. <laughs> you need to be able to feed yourself as a writer. Yeah. Um, and as a as an adult, in my opinion, uh, I really okay. Um, she has the Netflix show that you guys have probably seen, but uh, "Salt, Fire, Acid, Heat" by Samin Nasrat. just incredible, incredible book. Highly recommend if you're a poet who's stuck. Um, you should read that.
1: <laughs> I guess then our next like fun question is, what's your favorite font? Ooh, okay. Um, for drafts, Helvetica,
3: because I guess that's like the default in the Apple Notes app. Um. But for, like, published, uh, finished, fancy drafts, um, I'll go with
1: Garamond. It's
3: very, it's very, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I see your faces. I see your faces. I'm a Garamond girl. What of it? It's actually, like, the font that's used
1: across all our websites and also, like, <laughs> our Instagram. It's <laughs> Garamond.
3: It's, it looks nice. What can I say?
1: <laughs> we agree.
3: We definitely agree. It's the aesthetic, value. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um try it now i put my thesis in garamond it's,
2: it's important it's necessary gotta look nice and speaking of aesthetics do you have a favorite aesthetic um is this like a tiktok question is this like a cottagecore
3: <laughs> thing <laughs> basically okay <laughs>
2: But there's, there's a lot of aesthetics. Could you, okay, could you give me like a, a sampling? To be honest, I just know like a few aesthetics. Okay. I'm okay. not really that great at them
3: okay well i'm i'm see i'm uh much older than you so in the 70s when we were all on tumblr uh we had like a different series of of aesthetic descriptions there were like fandom blogs and hipster blogs um which i'm sure sure sound like very archaic terms to you um but uh i don't know i like cottagecore is pretty i guess it looks nice i like those dresses um I, I don't know, I don't know any other ones. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) We also have, like, a TikTok.
3: Oh, very good. Very good. Um, I, (laughs)
0: I'm actually off,
3: I've been off, like, all social media since, like, mid-December while I'm finishing my book because I, I need to just, you know, focus. Okay, this is, okay, this is another, I'm gonna sound like your mom's, but, um, you, uh, being Off the internet I think is very important for uh the creative process at a certain point um you know again if like if you're stuck on something if you need to create more room for yourself to think you know and feel things uh and think about what it is that you're trying to say in your in your poem and your piece of writing um you know you you I I try to be very disciplined about what I'm reading and what I'm consuming uh you know and if I am reading a book for 20 minutes that feels very different than scrolling through twitter for 20 minutes right because i'm just i'm reading one person's thought that they've thought about for a while versus i'm reading hundreds of people's thoughts that they've you know just kind of popped out um and like my brain will feel too full of other people's thoughts <laughs> after a few hours right and then i don't even know what what i'm trying to do um so i uh you gotta you gotta be a little bit of a luddite <laughs>
0: Honest, it's worth like, it I wish like sometimes I wish TikTok and like Instagram didn't exist like on one hand it's like help mm. us like build our following but yeah. on the other like sometimes I just want to like take my phone and like put in like one of those like safes and like forget mm. the password
2: yeah. and I'll probably end
0: up like wanting to get in at some point but I feel like that would be like really productive like it's really good for productivity
3: yeah no oh man i have i have lots of thoughts uh on this but i'm gonna sound like i'm a thousand years old um okay my my puppy's whining outside the door i will be right back one second yeah you want to say hi you want to say hi to the poets? Um, this is macaroni he has he has lots of thoughts on um work-life
0: balance he's so cute oh my god <laughs>
2: all oh, the nice pieces adorable love animals oh. so much oh my God just help my heart please. <laughs> uh, so the next question is I think you I think you mentioned this once before but do you listen to any music while writing and if so what's your favorite music like your go-to music?
3: Yeah I um gosh I always lean towards something kind of like low and folksy with like really good you know poetic lyrics in my opinion um so i don't know in in uh, and it changes for like the different projects that i'm working on too um for grocery list poems which is my second book which is coming out in june which you can pre-order right now very exciting um i've been listening to a lot of like old folk music so it's a lot of like paul simon and leonard cohen um and also like a bit of Josh Ritter who's more recent um I just I need to have like a man whining in my ear at all times in order to write um so so mostly them I like I'll work throughout their uh, albums in chronological order and it's really fun to like see their uh
1: musical styles evolve um yeah <laughs> And then I guess another question that we have is, I think a lot of people have like a space where they write or like a place they like to write. So what's your favorite part of the world to write in?
2: Ooh,
3: um, so even though I'm a Hollywood girl, um, I loved, oh man, I I, <laughs> I got this residency in Prague a few years ago, I think in 2019. I say like, oh, I got this resident. I keep saying that things happened last year when they actually happened two years ago um, because I don't remember last year. Uh, But in 2019, I had a wonderful chance to go and study um, at the Charles University in Prague uh, for like six or eight weeks. And it was just like, it was the best. It was the best. Uh, I was just walking around with my notebook and like, I'd find a cafe. I would pay like a dime for coffee and just sit there for three hours. And then I'd walk somewhere else. And just like wander in and out of museums, um, so that's like that's that absolutely my favorite writing experience. (laughs) Um, no supervision, (laughs) just just wandering around. Um, and it was like summer, and it's like it's like the the European summer where like the sun doesn't even set until ten p.m. So you can just be out whenever you want. Um huge huge fan huge fan of that that sounds amazing yes i hope that you guys can leave your i hope we can all leave our houses soon i think that'd be really nice for us (laughs) they should let us do it so that we can write more nice poems
1: definitely definitely. give us the
0: vaccine so i can write sonnets please I just want to wander around again like I love getting lost because I have no sense of direction so I just pretend that I do it on purpose.
3: Mm-hmm. I love I miss going to the store for like one thing like I, I miss making up an errand you know just to get out of the house or like now it's like I go to the grocery store every 10 days and it's like a, an expedition.
0: <laughs> so speaking of like grocery store um, and your upcoming book Grocery List Poems Um, What's your favorite cereal and or breakfast food if you're not a cereal person? Okay,
3: my favorite uh, cereal is oatmeal. Can I give you guys my oatmeal recipe? It's very good. So my oatmeal recipe is I I take uh, one and a half cups water. um, I set it boiling. I chop up a date, like a really fresh, beautiful date. I go to the farmer's market and there's a guy there and he's always like, hello, darling, here's your dates. And I love him. Um... And so I chop up a date, I let the date like melt in the water. So the water is all sweet. And then I put in a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, um, and cardamom, just like kind of whatever spices like are just close to me that I can like read the label for at seven in the morning, Um, throw all those in. And then uh, once it's all boiling, you know, you throw in a little bit of lemon juice to counteract um, the bitterness of the turmeric. Uh, this is what you earn by by reading cookbooks uh, when you have writer's block, you guys. Um, so and then once it's boiling, I put in like three quarter cup of um, oatmeal. You want like twice as much water for however much oatmeal you're putting in. You can you can adjust to your taste. Um, and then I let it boil and it gets all like, I like oatmeal that's still like a little soupy, right? And then I'll put in like a little bit of coconut milk or something and it's perfect. Oh, and then uh, I chop up either strawberries to throw on top or pomegranate seeds and it's, it's the best. That's my oatmeal. It is endorsed
0: uh, by me. Wow. That sounds like that's a whole poem within itself like that's so like sumptuous like I I won't know like Rihanna, you should write a cookbook like, <laughs> like as a like it's all poems and it just like tells you how to make like different types of oatmeal
3: I'm one day one day I will would you guys like to hear a poem from grocery list of course yes <laughs> <laughs> okay okay me, there's a lot of like food in the book like, I didn't, I didn't go, like, full tilt and just write, like, um, a grocery list in the form of a poem, but there is just, like, a lot of, like, food <laughs> throughout it. Um, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? Ooh, okay, this kind of tracks with what we were talking about earlier. Um, so, uh, this poem, uh, was actually the first poem that I wrote when I was in workshop, Like for my first ever university workshop, like my sophomore year. Um, And I, uh, it was terrible. (laughs) It was so bad because I was trying to do the like academic voice. I was like, okay, I'm in workshop. I now must forget everything that I know about how people talk normally and how words work and like how to have a sense of humor you know when you're writing I just I gotta be like as vague and ambiguous and like find sentences that no one's ever said before right like that kind of thing and it's like well no one's ever said that sentence before because it doesn't make any sense um and people don't talk like that right so I found like the original draft of this poem recently and I was like I could see like the original idea that I wanted you know to talk about underneath all of the layers of like foolery um so I updated the draft uh and it's a lot better now and I will read it to you now sorry I okay I'm gonna remove all of the animals from this room and then I'm going to talk uh, to read the poem because they're like climbing the curtains okay sorry one second (laughs) you're Gonna be nice. Are you gonna be a good cat while I read? Thank you. So I can continue buying you fancy cat food. Okay. Um canoodle. AK, will you marry me? XO P S. J plus G, C plus F, A plus I, M, P, hearts, E, G, scratched white into the bamboo like chalk for hopscotch in the makeout corner of the botanical garden by the artificial stream with actual snapping turtles. I'm on a bench worn down by so much teenage wriggling, a borrowed sweater of green stalks tall around me, almost big enough to hide. These marks lasted longer, I bet, than whatever John plus Joe had going on. Who's so sure of themselves that they'd ignore the signs, so sure they can't get caught. Sophia plus Phoebe, Akron plus Josefina, Amy from 2013 with love. By then I had a thousand seasons of practice, kissing my palm and squinting. Where the weather agrees, The bamboo will grow up to an inch every hour, you read from a plaque. Yesterday in the grocery store, I polished an eyelash from your glasses and proposed while your arms were full with what would be our third meal together, the angel hair noodles and Parmesan, and the yellow onions, and $3 wine, and Zofteg tomatoes with extra virgin olive oil, and oranges for the morning, and the celery, the eggs, the dark chocolate, the spinach, the thyme, the R plus M, L plus Q, J plus N, G plus A, who also burned their garlic bread. F, who wouldn't have met if D, forever hadn't slept late that day. S plus Z, nervous to remember what they wanted to be the early days. You run a hand over these names carved like nails down the back of the bamboo, still growing despite those vandals. Emerald branches a little day drunk off the Santa Anas, but poised as they lift the love notes up to those jasmine water clouds. You're looking at me. You're taking out a pen. That
2: was, so that was
1: absolutely
2: amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel so blessed. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. That was great. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was such a wonderful uh, conversation. um, And I would love to come back anytime. And I'm super excited to see what Aster has in store for the future. Um, And I promise I will follow you back on Instagram as soon as I download Instagram onto my phone again.
1: (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for giving us your time and for reading that beautiful poem for us. Uh, oh,
0: my, I'm like, I can't even, I don't have words right now. Um, but like, thank you so much for coming, Rhiannon. It was amazing to get to talk with you and to hear your poem. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Ad Adaster. And we couldn't be more grateful to Rhiannon for blessing us with her time and a poem from her upcoming book, Grocery List Poems.
1: Make sure you get her new book when it comes out. And in the meantime, submit your prose and poetry for the first ever issue of Aster Lit on our website,
2: asterlit.org. We love all of you and stay tuned for the next episode about Aster.